Hi, this is Ellie from Dancewell Podcast, and today I'm talking to Megan Richardson about acupuncture. Megan Richardson is a licensed acupuncturist and a certified athletic trainer specializing in dance and sports medicine. She has a private practice in New York City and is on staff at Harkness Center for Dance Injuries at NYU Langone Health, which is where we are today. Megan's approach to care utilizes functional screening, manual therapy, essential oils, acupuncture, and sport-slash-dance-specific therapeutic exercise to address acute and chronic injuries. Megan has published research and presented nationally and internationally on issues related to athletes and dancers' health and rehabilitation. So thank you so much, Megan, for being here. Hi, Ellie. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the offer. Um, could you start just by talking about um, how you came to acquire these two sets of skills, being an athletic trainer and an acupuncturist, um, and specifically working with dancers? Sure. Um, so when I was in high school thinking about going into college and what I wanted to do with my life, um, I learned about sports medicine and that uh, people were looking at athletes and how they could be supporting them and with injuries or with performance. And I thought, well, that's really cool, but I'd love to do that with dancers. And so I learned, um, actually, so I started school at ex for exercise science, and then I learned about athletic training. And athletic training seemed perfect. It was just that their athletic population wasn't dancers. So I just did my training and had my athletes be my dancers. Mm -hmm. um, so then I started with that, and I've been doing that for 18 years Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, and so my passion was always to work with dancers. And so I sought out um, who was doing similar things with um, dance injury uh, prevention and rehabilitation and just taking care of dancers. And so my early uh, education or research found, I found IADAMS, the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science. So while I was still in school, I went to a couple of conferences uh, that they were having. And then I learned about the Harkness Center for Dance Injuries. And I just said, I want to work there. That's where I want to work. I'm from Long Island, and the idea of living and working in New York City with this institution, so that's what happened. And I actually, I did an internship at the end of my um, master's degree. I, did, I went straight from undergrad to grad school and got a master's in kinesiology and was assigned to working with um, the Indiana University Ballet Theater, um, their dance majors. I was their athletic trainer. And so while I was there, I learned um, about an internship that was happening at Harkness at the American Dance Festival. And so I called them up and I submitted a resume and the rest is history. I did an internship there and then moved back to New York and started working at Harkness. Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and while we're mostly talking about acupuncture today, I would love for you to clarify what an athletic trainer is because I think a lot of us hear that term and we think of um, a personal trainer but an athletic trainer is actually different and specific. Could you just clarify what exactly an athletic trainer is? Yes, thank you for that question because it's a very, very different profession. Um, an athletic trainer is someone who's either gone to undergrad for four years or has a master's degree that took anywhere between three to four years to um, get their degree in athletic training. They are um, allied health professionals whereas a personal trainer is somebody who's taken a couple courses, has a certificate. Um, so there's much more education involved with athletic training. And traditionally, athletic trainers work with athletes. Um, but nowadays, you'll find athletic trainers in uh, 
big corporations and companies um, in the military, uh, in the fi firefighters and police. So mm -hmm. they employ um, athletic trainers as well as college basketball and um, professional sports and that sort of thing. And what they're there for is to keep the athlete healthy. So to do prevention, to do rehabilitation when injuries happen, um, and that, that sort of thing. First aid too, right? And first aid, right. Yeah. So they learn, they're usually the first person on site mm -hmm. uh, when an injury happens, so they know a lot of um, triage care. Is this a concussion? Is there a spinal injury? Um, does this need to be referred out to immediate to emergency care, or um, is there just some first aid things Can we that wait need to be done? three hours for the exactly. Yeah, for the exactly. orthopedic mm -hmm. doctor. Um, Okay, so you were doing all that, and then something led you to acupuncture. How did that come about? Yeah, um, so I was feeling like I wanted to address uh, the dancers that I was seeing more. So some somebody comes in, and sometimes they have just an ankle sprain or a you know a chronic injury that. I do the musculoskeletal care and they would get better. But a lot of times some people wouldn't and it was because there's a whole person in front of me, not just a body part that's injured, right? So it's not just a muscle or a tendon or a bone, it's a person. Um, and so I started looking at ideas of how can I address the whole person? And so I did a, a back and forth of what I want to do and the more I learned about acupuncture and the theory of acupuncture and the theory of Chinese medicine, the more I realized that was what was going to be able to get me to see um, the whole person, use, you know, the, the physical person, the spiritual person, the mental, emotional person, the social person. Um, and so that's, that's how I got acupuncture involved. That's great. I would love to spend some time talking about that. So um, do you have an anecdote maybe that, it, that would describe an occasion where like you're looking at someone you know what their MSK, their mechanical issues are. Um, and before you had this training, you wouldn't have known the next step. But now that you do, could you explain like what the next step and looking at the whole person shows up as to you? Yeah, so with, um, with acupuncture, it's not a cause and effect relationship mm -hmm. like we look at in the Western world. It's a relationship and a pattern. So through finding out um, I'm going to look at their musculoskeletal issues and their mechanics and that sort of thing and see what's going on with their tissue. But through questioning and looking at the demeanor of the person, I might find out that um, they tend to be a worrier or somebody who's having also problems with anxiety or anxiousness or they're not sleeping well or they have digestive issues or they've had um, a recent breakup or recent life changes. And so I would then support that person. Yes, I'm going to go in. I am mostly sports, sports acupuncturist is the term of, in the acupuncture world. Um, so I do a lot of musculoskeletal things. But I'm going to support that person's ability to heal um, by supporting the systems that maybe aren't nourished or having, uh, having some trouble. Great. So if somebody is a worrier, mm -hmm. um, how might that manifest in their physical body? So when we worry, um, we're constantly ruminating and going over something. We're not digesting our thoughts, right? So then that's the spleen energetics. It's not an organ. There's nothing wrong with the person's spleen. Uh -huh. It's their energy. So when we worry, we're not digesting our thoughts. So maybe we're not digesting our food. So people who are worriers may also have digestive issues. 
And so are they absorbing and digesting their food and absorbing their nutrients? So is there something that maybe their tissues aren't as healthy as they should be because they're not actually getting nourished? So from an acupuncture standpoint, I would then address the spleen energetics uh-huh. and see if there's something that we can do to kind of um, just improve, improve that energetic level and then also then go into the tissues. Great, great. And does it, um, that's like a, addressing the energetic level, does it then start to also manifest in sort of how a person's tissue operates? Absolutely. Yeah. Right, so when we don't, when we don't um, digest things, things don't get absorbed properly, we may have an increase in fluid retention. Right. Um, somebody who has, uh, not, not always, it's not always black and white, there's always, there's always subtle things, but this person may be retaining fluid in their tissues, they may have um, a little bit more bogginess in their tissues. They may not be holding corrections as well if they're um, being adjusted manually. Um, their tissue may not be healing as well from a scar uh, because there's too much fluid in one area or not enough fluid in right. one area because it's stuck someplace else. So other parts of the uh, area might be maybe um, dry or brittle uh-huh. or um, fragile because we're not moving our fluids uh, properly throughout. Right, like not getting good hydration. Right, yeah. yeah. Great, really interesting. And um, is it reasonable to ask how all this works with acupuncture? (laughs) Is that a fair question? (laughs) It's kind of hard. And the problem is it's because it's all about relationships. So this is a a thousand years, like several thousands of years of of, uh, medicine going on, right? So it's not as black and white or... um, it doesn't make as much sense as uh-huh. so it's our. Linear. It's not as linear yeah. as our um, our Western medicine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it's not as lo- um, logical. It's just it's it's just not it's not the same. Um, so somehow some people have just figured out that these connections work. Now in Chinese medicine and actually just in Chinese culture, they deal with a lot of um, relationships to seasons and to. Um, so if you take. Um, since we were talking about the spleen, we'll keep going. So the spleen is associated with um, late summer. It's associated with um, different things. So we have uh, a season, we have body parts, we have uh, certain tissues of the body that it's related to, um, energies, you know, somebody can be joyous or more angry or more worried. That's going to fit into a category within um, the Chinese model. So everything is about a relationship and how those relationships work together. So um, like the seasons have relationships to each other, and then if something is, is, is deficient, then the other one might be excess. So it's all about balance. Right. And it's it, all about balance. <laughs> and, it, and when you're saying it's not as black and white or linear, it's sort of, you're not saying that because the spleen is late summer, a person who worries is going to worry more or less at that time of year. Exactly. Right? It's just sort exactly. of a, God, so that I'm really starting to see how this is a completely different ethos and yes. a very different way of looking at um, care and evaluating whether something's working or not right. and the relationship between the practitioner and the person. Mm-hmm. So 
was that just a huge paradigm shift for you coming from this super um, Western science background? Absolutely. Actually, the best advice I got when I went into acupuncture uh, program was one of our teachers said, forget what you know. Yeah. Because some of us were already coming from healthcare backgrounds. Other people were changing careers from marketing and architecture and, you know, IT, so they had no background mm -hmm. and almost kind of easier, right? Because they're just coming in. But regardless, we all live in the Western world. So that advice was forget what you know, just learn this, and then later you'll make connections. Mm -hmm. So now I'm still very much of a Western practitioner. Um, on the scale of acupuncture, I very much tend towards the Western uh, aspects. There are other people who only work on energetics. They wouldn't really go into... Um, painful areas in the way that I would. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm using both filters to kind of help guide me. That's great. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, so you've talked a little bit about the energetic use of the needles, which is your primary tool as an mm -hmm. acupuncturist. Um, are there also ways of using the needles so that they have much more like physiological or neurological effects? And could you explain sort of the science of yeah. that? Absolutely. So when we're looking at um, balancing the energies or looking at excess and deficiency of the flow of our life force, right, the chi, um, we usually go into openings in the body where we think there are wells of this life force, wells of chi that then we can redirect. So there's going to be very subtle and you're going to have very little sensation, maybe an aching sensation we call the chi. But other than that, you really feel very little um, because we're going into openings. Whereas when we're addressing um, either muscular trigger points, uh, myofascial restrictions, scar tissue, um, hypertonic muscles or hypotonic muscles, so muscles that are overactive or muscles that have turned off, um, I'm gonna go into actually the tissue. I'm not gonna go into an opening, I'm actually gonna go into a tissue and I'm gonna either activate it and so sometimes we feel a fasciculation where the muscle will contract, like, mm -hmm. a, like a really fast calf, calf cramp, mm -hmm. right? A so spasm. A little spasm. A little spasm. Yeah. Um, and so we feel much more when that's happening. Yeah. Um, so throughout a course of a treatment, there's going to be several different kinds of sensations happening depending on what we're doing and what the goal is. Okay. And when you talk about openings, that's really like a spot devoid of bone tissue, mm -hmm. ligamentous tissue... Yeah. Okay. We have lots of little hollow caves in our body, right? In yeah. between the bones, there's nothing there. Uh -huh. Or um, little slips in, in tissues that just give us a little opening to go yeah. in. Or like nothing solid. Nothing solid. Yeah. It we're not filled with fluids yeah. or something. Yeah. Right. We're, not, we're not needling into bone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're not needling into blood vessels. We're not needling into nerves. Those things hurt, uh -huh. and uh, they cause more damage versus heal. Okay. And the needles literally, I mean, we have, we are electrical beings, right? Like this is something that sometimes surprises people who haven't thought a lot about the body, but like nerves are electricity. Mm -hmm. And so is that partially what you're doing there? You're like taking a needle, a metal object and sort of affecting literally the, the energy on that physics level or... 
Yeah, you can think of it that way. There are some people who will use um, needles of certain metals uh -huh. to create different energy effects. I uh -huh. don't practice that way, but some people will need a 14 karat gold needle for a pregnant woman to do something, or mm -hmm. they'll use different needles for different things. Um, so there's definitely an energetic effect just with putting a metal object into your body. Um, but I kind of think of it as we are resetting a circuit breaker. Yeah. Right? So when, when there's something off in our body, either something's not flowing. And if, it's, um, if we think of our body as this electrical current, we have to flip our switch. Mm -hmm. Right? Something went off or something is turned on way too much and we need to rebalance. And that's kind of what acupuncture can do is it's flipping the switch. Interesting. Yeah. Great. And um, you talked a little bit about going into um, muscles directly. Is that is that um, dry needling? Like I know some doctors and physios and PTs practice acupuncture, but it's not an Eastern acupuncture. Is that right? So right. could you talk a little bit about the difference? Right. So they're practicing a certain type of needling. They're not type practicing acupuncture because acupuncture is all this theory okay. where they're not doing. Most of the time they're not having that theory. It's a particular type of um, needling that they're doing and then also acupuncturists do. There's several different types of needling that we may do. Um, dry needling got its word, name from um, the doctors that were looking at referral trigger points and referral patterns, mm -hmm. the way they were originally addressing that was with hypodermic needles. Mm -hmm. And they were injecting lidocaine or dexamethasone or some, some sort of medicine to numb the area. So they were using very big needles and they were injecting a fluid. So it was wet needling. Right. So what, then they determined, oh, we can use acupuncture needles and go in with a dry needle and make and fasciculate the muscle or activate the motor point and make it this do the same thing. And that's where dry needling came from. We as acupuncturists call that trigger point needling uh -huh. or motor point needling, depending on what we're doing. If we're breaking up um, a tight muscle that is causing a, re a known referral pattern, that's trigger point. Right. right? We're going into the trigger point and we're adjusting that that uh, muscle contraction. Or if the muscle isn't working, we're gonna go into the motor point of that muscle and we're gonna turn it on. So that's just a style of needling that we do, but um, other health prof um, professionals are calling it just a different name. It's semantics. I see. Yeah. Um, that's an in such an interesting story because that's such a um, process of science, you know, where they say, oh, we're injecting this thing and we think that the thing is healing, so the lidocaine or whatever the medication is, we think that that's solving the problem, but then if you have a control group and you say, like, well, what if you just, just don't put any medicine in the needle and you just stick them with a needle? <laughs> you don't right. even need the... That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, could, could you choose some kind of injury or issue that a dancer might have and talk about how you would approach that from the athletic trainer perspective and then how you would approach that from your acupuncture perspective. Okay, yeah. Um, I would definitely mold them now that I do both, but yeah. um, I'll put my athletic trainer hat on and yeah. just do that. Or you can tell um, us how you genuinely approach it using yeah. both of those tools. Well, so with the athletic training, um, I definitely look at function, yeah. right? So that is where I get most of my information from what's going on with posture, what's going on, how are they moving their body, how are they moving their body just as a pedestrian, how are they moving their body as the dancer or as the athlete. Um, so I'm going to look at them doing functional things. 
Um, plie. And plie. plie. Step up on a chair, bend your knees. Exactly. Yeah. Squat, um, mm-hmm. rotation, those sort of things. And then I'm going to look at um, muscle strength, muscle flexibility, joint range of motion, ligament uh if they're intact, is, is there an injury to the ligament? Are they just a lax person? They have loose ligaments, um, so that sort of thing. So it's very, it's very um, functional, it's very mechanical. Um, and then I would do um, soft tissue work or joint mobilization or muscle energy techniques, or and then therapy and then exercise mm-hmm. to address that. So that's how. That's kind of what I do in my. I th- feel like it's hard to know where I got all this information right, from. Right, where one ends and yes, the other begins. But that's kind of what I would do yeah. with athletic training. And then with acupuncture, um, all of that informs me of where is um, the site of holding or um, like where, what's going on with the tissue. So I can go in locally to that tissue of, let's say it's a, it's, a hip issue. I can locally go in to the gluteus minimus or the TFL or the glute med and do some actual needling on that. And I can do a lot less manual work if I do the needling. Uh-huh. And it's going to last longer because I'm going to the source of the tissue mm-hmm. um, and I'm either activating or deactivating that trigger point where it takes a lot longer with your hands and your elbows to do that manually. Yeah. So it's a lot easier that way. And then also through the questioning of the person, I'm going to find out what's going on. Is is there um, is there something else going on in their life that needs to be to be addressed? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. it is it just mechanical, or um, when is the pain worse, or what when did it start, and were were you doing something different in life, or changes of medicine, or changes of digestion, or um, has anything, did you move, did you have a baby, did you have a breakup, did you get a new job, did you get fired from a company, Um, or did all your, you're in a new city, and now Mm -hmm. you don't have your social support, Mm -hmm. Um, and I can do things to help that, whereas in athletic training, I didn't really have much, I also use my essential oils a lot to support that, because they... Um, just have an ability to help calm emotions or get into um, memories, memories yeah. and change our mood, change our change our outlook on things with yeah. a quick inhale. So yeah. those just, are really powerful for me, and those are really helpful when people are coming to me for the first time because needles are scary. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about that. Do you have any? Um, do you have any advice for people who have needle fear but are really curious about acupuncture? Yes, just do it because 99.9% of people come in and go, I'm really scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and sometimes every time they're like, okay, I'm really scared. And other times it's by the third time they're like, I can't believe I was so nervous. But um, usually the idea, someone is putting something into your body. You should be a little um, apprehensive, apprehensive, right? You want to make sure that you can build trust. So that's, I really, I really make sure I build trust with someone Mm -hmm. and um, check in every once in a while and make sure we're doing okay. If I get two needles in on our first session, score. If we get 20 in, even better, right. right? So I never push the person beyond what they can receive today, and that might be different than their next appointment, right? right? So, um, and making sure you're honoring yourself. Like if you're if you're scared, make sure you let the acupuncturist know that you are scared, because there's ways for them to give you assurance mm-hmm. and and maybe even change their approach to 
to help you. Yeah, and some I can relate to that because I mean I've had acupuncture several times with you and included. Um, and while it's mostly soothing, there are moments where there's like really intense sensations, and I wouldn't say like it's not the pain that you would expect from a needle. It's not. Sometimes you get a little pinch, but like there can just be these really intense experiences. And so yeah, I have had that where I'm like. Okay, I gotta build up a little yeah. adrenaline for this or something. <laughs> a little wrap my head around it. Yeah, but in the end, it's usually I would say the majority of people who were nervous at first they get off my table and like that wasn't as bad as I thought, and I feel better. Yeah. Right, and that's what we wanted. We yeah. want them to feel better, and we want them to know that that little bit of anxiety was worth it because they're doing something that's going to help them. Yeah. yeah, we had an episode with a. Um, psychologists who talked about how anxiety stress isn't always a bad thing you know there's adaptive stress but also stress can come when you're doing the right thing but it's not easy to do right you know so right I, I love that I had an interesting um one of my dancers she's wearing a woo uh-huh. a whoop a yep. whoop is yep. that okay yep. it's a heart rate monitor yep. and she sent me pictures after our session. So she's a dancer. So we were doing a very active session where I was going in and um, doing a lot of trigger point needling and a lot of hands-on work. So it wasn't, sometimes in acupuncture, you sit still for 15, 30, 45 minutes and you're very relaxed. This particular session, she would probably be laying still for maybe 15 minutes at a time and then while move that joint. Move or joint. While, some, while needles were sitting, I was mobilizing another joint or doing massage. So it wasn't a very relaxing session. Mm-hmm. And she sent me a snapshot, a snapshot of her heart rate. And during acupuncture, during that session, that active session, her heart rate was below her sleeping heart rate. Wow. And she was had she, her, her palms were sweating yeah. during the session, right? So it what wasn't that... The, it just meant that her body was actually receiving that really well, and she yeah. wasn't actually in a fight-or-flight response. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So even though she had a little bit of nervousness, and maybe there was a little bit of a, um, uh, a parasympathetic thing happening on the surface, deep inside, she was, her body was at a very calm state. Right. So I thought that was really cool. That's great. Well, I mean, we do, acupuncture is certainly being very well validated with current new science absolutely not just old eastern science um you started to talk a little bit about the importance of trusting your practitioner and so i was wondering if you could just say a little bit more um if a dancer were to just google acupuncture in you know my hometown whatever um some places they might just get one name but in a place like new york city you're going to get hundreds and hundreds of listings in response that Google search. So how how could a dancer go about deciding who to see for their their practitioner? That's a really good question because with every professional, there's such a different type of how to approach it each time. So mm-hmm. each acupuncturist is going to have a little bit of a different approach. If you are a dancer and you are looking for to address your musculoskeletal problems, you're going to want to make sure you search or talk to and ask questions of do you deal with pain? Do you deal with um, orthopedic, orthopedic issues? issues. So medicine. a lot of times it'll be sports acupuncture is a good word to, to Google. Okay. Um, 
probably dance is not going to be very common, but if they're used to dealing with um, athletes, then that will be someone that's good um, or a good fit maybe. And I would email them or call them and ask them questions and say, this is, this is the situation I'm going, um, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with what's your experience or how can you help me? Some acupuncturists are fertility specialists mm -hmm. or, um, you know, other specialists, they're going to say, I'm not the right person, but try this other that person. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. Other times there, people are very general and they do a lot of different things. So it just depends. Um, also it depends on how you receive, um, care. If you can, you can approach your musculoskeletal problems very differently as well. Mm -hmm. So you can have somebody who's going to go in and do trigger points and that sort of thing. Or if you're somebody who feels like you're much more sensitive or you have a feeling that it's much more of an emotional or energetic thing, you can actually go and seek out somebody who maybe is going to be a little Eastern, more Eastern, um, and that sort of thing. So it really just depends on what resonates with each person. Great. Yeah. I have a, a friend who's a dancer and um, she said she has three different acupuncturists and one, well, they're really good at, you know, issues of like fatigue and digestion and systemic issues. And the other one, well, he's really good with sport injuries. And the third one, well, sometimes I just know that a, a problem is, is his kind of problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that's the most New York dancer thing I've ever heard, but <laughs> it's great. And it's great that she's got all three available yeah. to her. Yeah. And she did, she, and she did the right shopping around to find that. Totally. <laughs> um, what would someone? What would a dancer expect from their first visit? From from me? Yeah. Let's say yeah. you, or maybe highlight things that are universal in okay. your practice. They're gonna be asked a lot of questions that are maybe seemingly not related to their their problem that they think they have. Uh -huh. Right. So we're gonna ask you about what the hip problem that you're coming into, but you're going to have questions about your bowel movements and you're going to have questions about your period. If you're a female, you're going to have questions about sleep and digestion um, and lifestyle things. And then, um, then you're going to get on the table and there will be some sort of interaction. So um, either um, the needling and you'll just sit sit still for a while or there'll be other interventions that are happening heat lamps or um i don't know other things cupping mm -hmm. um gua sha which is kind of a scraping technique it's very mm -hmm. similar to graston well it's gua sha is the original um uh chinese medicine version of skin scraping and then western we've moved it to graston using certain yep. instruments and that sort of thing um so different ways also if you're needle phobic there's ways to get a treatment that doesn't involve needles. Right. Right. So we can use cupping, we can use gua sha, we can use um, uh, shonishin, which are other tools. Um, so you use pressure even your hands? You can use acupressure with mm -hmm. your hands. There's lots of different, different mm -hmm. ways. Um, so it just depends on the practitioner of what that experience is going to be. But there's probably going to be um, some good, a, lo a lot of dialogue and interaction. And then throughout the session, there may be less interaction once you're kind of in a calm state. Um, and then, yeah. Great. Great. Um, how, how would someone know when it's time to see an acupuncture? Like what types of problems are particularly well treated with acupuncture or when might a dancer say, it's time to see an acupuncturist versus a physical therapist right. or a nutritionist or right. psychologist. Or 
I have dancers who the acupuncture is their first line of defense, mm-hmm. and I have other ones that are it's their third or fourth or fifth, right? Yeah. So it's hard to say. But if you have an if you have an active injury and you are seeking care from a physical therapist or a chiropractor or an athletic trainer, and maybe you've plateaued in progress, mm-hmm. um, that would be a good time. If you are right out of post-surgery from a sur- surgery, it's excellent. Get, get to acupuncture right away. Okay, Whereas oftentimes your surgeon doesn't want you to do physical therapy or athletic training mm-hmm. um, right away because there's local tissue healing that needs to be done before anything can go go on. Acupuncture, we can work distally, we can work systemically, um, we can still stay away from that knee that just had surgery, but we can do things that are going to help um, so with, the healing with the healing and, process. Yeah. So I would say post-surgical for any surgery, if it's musculoskeletal or anything. Appendicitis. Yeah, anything. come yeah. right away. That's great um, to know. If you've just sprained your ankle or something and it's big and fat like a grapefruit, come and see us right away. We can get rid of that swelling really quickly um, without having to touch it manually and painful things that sometimes is with other um, practitioners. Um, and then if you have a feeling that there's other things going on, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you've been really stressed or you just, every time you eat, you're just not feeling well and your back keeps hurting, right? Yeah. Like, if there's other things and it's like, there's something more here than it's mm-hmm. it's not just my back pain or mm-hmm. I've had my back pain forever, I've done all these interventions and they're not working. Yeah. Try something else. Or, like, you know you're really stressed about this upcoming role. Right. And you're getting some tendonitis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we can address both of them right. together. Excellent. Um, I think that's all the questions I have. Is there anything else that you want to say about the work you do and how you work with dancers? And I don't know. I, I, I just love it. And I'm really glad that I added um, acupuncture to my toolbox. Um, it's really changed the way I approach um, the care. And yeah, I just, and dancers, I just love working with them. They are so appreciative and they're so smart and intuitive. And then when you can just give them a little guidance, they just take it and soak it up and soak it up and then soar. It's just, it's just, I love them. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, couple plugs here. If you're, if you want to know more about, um, Harkness Center for Dance Injuries, or you want to experience the care that Megan gives, um, Again, she's here at Harkness, and they offer these free, free injury prevention assessments. And so if you're in New York or you're coming to visit New York, um, sign up for, for that. It's a, an evaluation that gives you an overall perspective on um, how your performance is and where it might be enhanced and how you could go about improving your technique and health and wellness. And um, Harkness also has, for those of you who aren't in the area, some online courses. That's the Dance Med U course series. So that's um, www.dancemedu.org. And those are online courses for healthcare providers and dance professionals. So thank you again, Megan, and I look forward to seeing more of you around town. Thank you. On behalf of Marissa and myself, Ellie Kushner, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Like what you hear? Go to iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud and search Dancewell Podcast to subscribe. We'll be releasing bi-monthly episodes with an emphasis on exploring 360 degrees of health and wellness for dancers. 
have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye!